0: air conditioning and heating is all about take it from me eric asher if your ac ever fails you can trust burkhart to be there quick get you back up and running if you need a new ac trust burkhart to treat you with respect to help you save with a fair price do the job right as my good friend john burkhart always says trust is the foundation of our business just ask our customers for air conditioning this season trust burkhart visit acpromise.com that's acpromise.com and tell them eric sent you Talking to me? Talking to me?
3: What we've got here is failure to communicate. Stick to the
4: truth, it's what you're good at.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM NASH icon on your radio dial, taking you home each and every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6. Thanks so much for being there. It's always a privilege, again, to bring the program to you each and every uh, weekday. And I hope you guys are enjoying what you're listening to. Remember, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms. Take the show with you anywhere. Free download for your smartphone or tablet. You can also check out the podcast there because our podcast is, go ahead, y'all say it. You can say it. You can say it everywhere. Anchor's our home base, but we're on all podcasting platforms. On the World Wide Web at NashFM1061.com, uh, EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. Our social media platforms at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, and Inside New Orleans show on Instagram. Well, we got a great show for you today. Uh, always a tight show on a Thursday. Uh, Gary Smith is going to join us at 415. We talk in wave with him. Uh, of course, from the Wave Report, NOLA.com, Tom Spiccun, uh Jordi Collada, the Jordi Collada Show will join us at 435 we'll talk LSU with him uh and then Ali Gassell of the bird rights will join us at 515 schedule release for the entire NBA yesterday including the Pelicans we'll jump in we'll dive into the schedule uh with Ali at 515 and then we'll finish up with Ross Jackson fresh from Green Bay where he witnessed all the practices up um, up in Green Bay between the uh, Saints and the Packers and we'll get his take on what he saw with the Saints expectations for this weekend etc 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 um Mike Detillier joined us on the award-winning Inside the Wall on Sports today. And, boy, it's always good to have Mike on the show. Um... And, of course, you can catch that if you missed us with our live broadcast every Thursday at 1 p.m. on WLA-TV, also live streaming on the WLA-TV YouTube page. You can check us out at 6 o'clock tonight on WLA-TV, 10 o'clock on the Deuce, that's WLA-TV 2, every Friday night at 9 o'clock on Pelican Sports Television, that's statewide, 10 o'clock on WLAE tv Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on the Deuce, Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. We'll have that up on our social media platforms tonight. Uh, for you, it'll be on the. It'll be. It is already on the WLATV YouTube page for you to be able to go peruse, and of course, we'll have it on our, on EricAsher.com. Uh, the webmaster have that up by the end of the weekend. So, um, uh, looking forward to you guys checking it out. Mike uh, and I cover the Saints extensively. He's been at every practice, with the exception of. Um, exception of Green Bay did not go up to Green Bay. Uh, we talked a lot about the Tigers. We, we can expect it there. Tulane, we did, did not get to the Pelicans today. I really wanted to get to the Pelicans. And I wanted to talk about Deshaun Watson as well, uh, but we just didn't get to it. Uh, Mike really went into a, a deep dive into the Saints. So, again, I hope you guys have a chance to go really check out the program. Mike Dutillier joining me on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports uh, this week. Next week we have Doug Mouton. Looking forward to that, uh, jumping on the show with us. Um, on today's program, brought to you again by our good friends over at the Oceana family of restaurants. Again, proud sponsor of this program. Um, I want to say it might have been a year after Katrina. I was trying to pin that down. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. We we're trying to figure out how long it's been. Uh, it was shortly after Katrina uh, that they jumped on board. They've been they've been a a, a solid sponsor since then. And uh, just again, the Bader brothers have just done a great job in the city of New Orleans. Uh, going in taking over again uh, restaurants that were failing uh going in taking over uh buildings that were that were again uh falling down uh, and, and putting those back into commerce. And of course, it started with Oceana. Uh, then, then of course, uh, uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Canada Restaurant. Recently, Old New Orleans Cookery. And now of course, the, the, the latest is Mambo's and of course, the Hideout Bar. Uh, three of those restaurants in the French Quarter. So if you'll be in the French Quarter this weekend or any weekend, again, remember, uh, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, and Oceana. And of course, if you're in Metairie, it's Bobby Bear's Cajun Canada Restaurant. And remember, All restaurants are open late. So, again, for those that say we can't get a late meal in New Orleans anymore, you haven't been to one of the Oceana family of restaurants because they're open late. Uh, Every day, seven days a week. Oceana brings you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, And, of course, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Mambo's have lunch and dinner service for you. Fantastic cocktails at all. Uh, Again, get out there and enjoy a meal at one of the Oceana family of restaurants. And this half hour brought to you by Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street, Again, open late for lunch and dinner, seven days a week. Uh, first of all, uh, you walk in the restaurant. It's a beautiful restaurant. Beautiful picture windows overlooking Bourbon Street. You can sit there, check out all the craziness there. Hey, if that's, not, if that's not your thing, how about head to the back of the restaurant, and you can sit in an authentic French Quarter courtyard. Beautiful by day, spectacular by night. You having your next event? Not one, but two Bourbon Street balconies with, again, uh, a, a, a private restroom, a private bar uh, to have your next event. They also utilize that for overflow on days where they don't ha- have an event. But, again, they will make your next event a success because you're right there on Bourbon Street. you got the Bourbon Street balconies. You're right at the 200 block of Bourbon Street. You can't go wrong cocktails made by some of the best mixologists we have in the city, fantastic cocktails that will make you ooh and ah. you see the cocktails coming out. The cocktail menu is is spectacular. And, of course, the food, Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest. Again, beautiful dining rooms for you to be able to dine in. Uh, You can order online or find out more at nolacookery.com. Again, the perfect night out for family, friends. Maybe it's a date night. Maybe, again, you're trying to close that business deal. Do it over at Old New Orleans Cookery because it's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Yeah, you're right. Part of the Oceana family of restaurants. Um, gonna talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson uh, as we get a little bit later on the program. But uh, again, uh, uh, there was a settlement today between the uh, NFL and and the uh, and the Deshaun Watson camp. Uh, he will get be suspended for 11 games. He will get a five million dollar uh, fine. Uh, uh, and I, look, the six games was a slap in the wrist. Uh this is a little bit more obviously of a of a punishment, but let's face it, it should have been a full year. And look, I don't want to hear about last year, okay? Last year, okay, don't get it twisted. Last year was about Deshaun Watson wanting to name the head coach for the Houston Texans. And when he didn't name want to get a chance to name the head coach, he went in the corner and he pouted. And he and he said he wasn't want to want to play it, he wanted to get traded. Okay, and then all these allegations came out uh, from the women who were, again, sexually assaulted and sexually harassed by him. I know, by the way, the the, the Texans culpable as well, Uh, you know, uh, with the with the non-disclosure agreements, with setting him up at the Houstonian. I don't want to hear they didn't know what's going on. Are you kidding me? All right. Again, like I said before, ex-FBI agents, uh, uh, ex-Secret Service. Uh, you name it, that's what, that's what NFL teams hire as their investigators, and they're paying big money for those investigators. So you're not going to tell me they didn't know what was going on, okay? Uh, again, why give them a non-disclosure agreement, <laughs> okay, at the end of the day? But, um, again, the NFL, as I said before, with Sue Robinson, uh, uh, when, when she came down with, again, the six-game punishment, it was a byproduct of, of again, them, not, uh, them being the NFL, not taking, a, uh, again, assault on women, And sexual assault on women seriously to the point that she felt her hands were tied and all she could give was six games. NFL wanted a full year and they wanted him to be able to uh, to again uh, uh, give an application to get back in the league. That would have been that would have been much better for everyone involved. Uh, But I'll give you 11 games. I know people are worried about. Oh gosh, you know he's going to be back for the Saints. Let him play against the Saints defense coming off after not playing a year and a half. I'll take that all day every day. Matter of fact, I don't. uh, I'm not a real betting man, but I'll put my money down on that one all day, every day. So, again, he'll be back for week 11. Uh, We'll see what happens. $130 million guaranteed, ladies and gentlemen. It's a $5 million fine. (laughs) What do you think that is, a drop in a bucket? Are you kidding me? Now, again, I know he's spending a lot of money to be able to uh, settle these court cases, but still, $5 million fine, that's nothing. Remember, last year he got his $10 million, even though he didn't play the entire season. So I'm just glad. I just, again... I dropped down to one knee and say a novena every single day that, again, that he, was, that he didn't come here. And what a nightmare that would have been to have, again, Deshaun Watson and all this circus that's going on right now. Instead of us, again, talking about the possibility of this team going to a Super Bowl. You want to talk about crush some culture, he would have crushed some culture, no doubt about it. Uh, that's Cleveland's problem. That's not New Orleans' problem anymore. Uh, and, of course, the NFL and also uh, Deshaun Watson have come to a, an agreement Again, 11-game suspension, $5 million. All right, let's turn, turn our attention uh, to the Tulane Green Wave. Uh, nobody breaks it down like, like uh, my good friend Gary Smith. The Wave Report is his, uh, is his um, uh, website, and uh, it's the most comprehensive look at the Wave. If you want to get the information on the Green Wave first, you call yourself a Tulane fan, then you need to subscribe to the Wave Report, and he joins us each and every week on this program. Gary, how are you?
4: Doing good, Ethan. Ethan, my my son just yelled at me from the background. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> doing good,
0: good, Eric. Doing I'll, good. Yeah, hey, I, I answer go, to anything
4: easy, so things. that I can uh, have some peace and quiet here. <laughs> there
0: <laughs> okay. you go. Uh, any any thoughts before we jump on on Because look, you 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 yeah. give for You give your opinion opinion right. on all sports. Any any of your thoughts on Deshaun hey, Watson? Oh
4: yeah, I you know um, I'm. Honestly, I regret what I said on your show the one time you asked me that before where I said, well, this was during the process. I I had my doubts about it all along but I, I think i said on your show months and months ago when the saints were looking into him that well they'd obviously had their investigators so if they if they thought you know if they thought he was worth going after that it might not be that huge a deal that was a ridiculous statement by me but anyway um and and i'm 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 with you that would have been a nightmare a nightmare if if the Sean watson had ended up in in new orleans and i agree with you also he deserved a, a year-long Long suspension, um, but their hands were kind of tied a little bit when 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 the assistant they'd agreed to only came down with six games, so they they kind of took the compromise. Yep. But between the two, but uh, yeah, you, you you're not really making the full statement that you need to make on what he did if if it's not a full year suspension.
0: And, and the NFL didn't really want to have to go to the second arbitrator yeah. and have him uh, rule on this. Yeah. That's why again they sat down and they negotiated this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know between the between the two parties. Because again, this was supposed to take the punishment out of the com- out of the commissioner's hands, and the first time that this comes up, now the commissioner again uh, kind of vetoes what uh, the arbitrator had to say, and, and and again and and went into the kind of the second mode of arbitration uh, there. So you know, it is what it is. I'm just again thankful that, that again this is not New Orleans' problem.
5: Yeah
4: that that it's huge i mean you want to talk about a distraction <laughs> that, huh. i mean that, that it would, it would just be yeah that would yeah it, it would have clouded the whole season just yeah. w- without a
0: yeah. new coach it would have crushed the culture yeah. there's no doubt about yeah. it, it would have crushed the culture okay mm-hmm. i mean this is not sean payton trying to keep the ship together this is a brand new coach coming here trying again put his little spin on the culture but again uh you know keeping the culture. that's what his continuity was about right so mm-hmm. you know again look it is what it is um here's the deal um I, you can bet there won't be many women running around with a Deshaun Watson jerseys on. That's for sure. That is correct. <laughs> that is for sure. Let's talk some wave. You got a chance to see them at their first scrimmage. From everything that I've been read that I've read that you've written over the last week or so, sounds like Willie Fritz was really pleased.
4: Yeah, he liked what he saw. You know, they didn't do a whole lot in the scrimmage. They had a rash of injuries at cornerback. Nothing serious. A couple of days before the scrimmage, so they just didn't have enough bodies to 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 rotate those guys in and out where they're having to run on on every play because they 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 were, they were they were down to the bare bones there. But so it was a lot of young guys that played in the scrimmage. But I think. But but one thing that happened was was uh, Justin Ibieta, the, the Country Day star, definitely established himself as as the the backup to to. My Michael Pratt. Obviously, Michael Pratt's going to play every down if he stays healthy, but that's hard to do, and especially the way he plays, that, that that's hard to do. Um, but Justin Ibieta, he, he's had a little interception problem in 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 preseason a little bit, where he, he trusts his arm too much, but he makes plays. He has a great arm. He's a great athlete. And Willie Fritz has has saw enough in that scrimmage and, and the practices to declare him the the, the number two guy. Um, so you know he, he's he's one injury away from from playing a huge, sure. huge role on this football team. It's good to see for the Country Day guy that he Yeah,
5: and
0: you know what? Uh, we talked about it, right? I mean, again, look, yeah. I, I have not never seen him play, mm-hmm. but guys that have seen him play, reporters that I trust that saw him play at Country Day, some of them think he's got NFL potential. Now, we haven't seen it at Tulane because he's sitting yeah. around behind a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. But, again, there are a lot of people who believe this kid's got the skill set to go to the NFL. Yeah, and I'm, I'm
4: with you. I never, I, I, don't, I, I never saw him play at, at Country Day, So, but I, I definitely heard the same reports you heard. And again, it's, it's not necessarily the ability. It, it was a couple of things with him. One, that, like I said, the decision-making, sometimes he's a little too confident out there. But two, as Willie Fridges pointed out, this is a guy, he was old school. This guy played football. He played basketball. He played baseball. He was a star in every one of those sports. But what he didn't do is get the full-time football training that a lot of these quarterbacks do. He definitely arrived Two lane behind Michael Pratt in terms of development, just because he had not he, he played it obviously country day small you know, small level of football to start with. Sure. But he just hadn't focused on football a hundred percent of the time, like Michael Pratt had ended up doing after Michael Pratt was a great baseball player who quit baseball after his sophomore year to focus solely on, on football. And, and there's your difference. Um, so yeah. it was that factor. And, um, and, but, but he does have a lot of, he has a lot of arm talent. And, and again, he, he's a tall guy and he's a lot faster than, than, than people think he is. But, it, but it's interesting. He, I find, I didn't even know how he torn his labrum because I didn't even know about it when, that happened at Morgan State last year uh, right. in that game, and when, when I asked him, that's the type of decision making <laughs> that both he and Pratt need to not make. He, he he tore the labrum when he tried to truck a defender after on a scramble. Instead of sliding or going out of bounds, he just tried to run him right. over. the labrum QB. was out for twelve months. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're a quarterback, right? You know, yeah, I yep. mean, And he learned, you know, <laughs> get down on the ground, live, <laughs> yep. live live to play another day. Yeah, no doubt. No and quite. to your country day point. Look at a school yeah. like Country Day, when you're a great athlete like that, the peer yeah. pressure is you've got to play multiple you got sports, to. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, don't, you don't have a choice. I mean, it's like, it's and like, he, won, being in a,
4: he did pretty well for himself. He won two state championships yeah. in basketball. So he, there you go. Um, yeah. There you go. I think he made the right choice um, for himself at the time, no question.
0: <laughs> transfers, how are they looking? I, I saw you wrote yep. about them about five days ago. Again, how they're, but, but again, for the audience, how are they looking?
4: Uh, they're, you know, they're they're looking good. Um, I, Patrick Jenkins, the TCU transfer in, in the middle. Um, I, I actually, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing a feature on the defensive end for the paper tonight, but I talked to the defensive uh, line coach certainly asked about the Patrick Jenkins along the way, that's not going to be in the story, but he, the word he described for him is twitchy <laughs> that he's just, he's a big guy, but he moves really well and he's hard to stay in front of. Um, and, and he's an excellent pass rusher for an interior lineman. Um, so he, he's going to he's just going to be a huge factor. Um but- for the for this football team but then the guy that's really been the star of camp i'd say is lawrence keys and uh, i was not impressed with him at all in, in the spring this is a guy that came from notre dame caught 18 passes in two years after being a four-star recruit a big-time recruit out of mcdonough 35 that lsu had offered in other big-time schools i i didn't see much from him in the spring it turns out it was rust because he's been the best receiver on the team uh during preseason drills and, and again that's exactly what what but Tulane needed because their wide receivers were, were, were not good enough last year. And with him and Day-Day McDougal from, from, from Maryland, the transfer there, and all the other guys back and improved, wide receiver has gone from a position of absolute weakness to what I believe should be a position of strength this year. they got to prove it on the field, but they haven't had a guy like Lawrence Keyes before. He's, he's an all-around just really good player.
0: Yeah, Everybody I talk to wants to know how the offensive line is looking. Uh, that's one uh, of the most critical pieces yep. for this team and it just hasn't been where it needs to be Mm -hmm. so far in the Willie Fitz era.
4: No, and, and I actually think they were making progress two years ago and then they lost their offensive line coach um, who, who left with Will Hall to Southern Miss and then, and then left Will Hall a week later to go to Arkansas. <laughs> um, but uh, And 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 they definitely backtracked. They weren't great that year, but they showed potential. And then they definitely backtracked big time last year. I still haven't seen a ton of the offensive line because they haven't done a lot of contact in practice. And they also, the offensive linemen, spent a lot of their time on the auxiliary practice field. And I'm in Yolminton, Maine, stadium at Yeoman, but I'll tell you this, Willie Fritz is impressed. He's already declared it by far the best offensive line that he's had at at Tulane. And he knows that's what he needs. He knows the offensive line has never been up to snuff and particularly in pass protection. They've really, there've been games where it was just, you know, Drew Brees wouldn't have would have struggled, lane <laughs> in some of those games because they had absolutely no time um, to, to to throw the ball or, or even look for receivers. Um, a couple of games against Houston come to mind, um, some just where it was just it was just a nightmare for 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 the uh, for the quarterback. A couple of games against Memphis too, and and he feels like that problem has been fixed. This is the this he said again is by far his best offensive um, line that he's that he's had. I want to see it before I totally believe it, but certainly on the out outside um they, um Joey Claybrook had a bad year last year he's a good player from all signs, he's going to be back to the level he was at before last year. Right. Since here, Haynesworth, one of the best centers in the American Athletic yes. Conference, and they've got transfers. You, you asked me about the transfers. They've got Prince Pines, a transfer, mm-hmm. has been the first team guard, a over 350-pound guy who can actually move okay for for his size. And Kane and Ray, another transfer guard from Colorado, they may end up being the starters um, at, at guard. And, and again, they've got more depth and they've got more ability, according from in Willie Fritz's eyes, than any of his his offensive lines and that's an absolute necessity.
0: And you said the same about linebacker, right, in your recent article. A lot of depth there. Yeah, it's
4: um, you know, they don't <laughs> they uh, Nick Anderson and Dorian Williams Will be on the field as much as possible, but that's you run a lot at that position, and they're both heavily involved in special teams, so they they can't play every down. And uh, Jesus Machado, who was a, a big get when he when he committed to Tulane on signing day uh, a few years ago from the from the Miami area, has really looked good in, in, in preseason practice. And, um, and they've had other guys that have looked good too. Corey Platt. um, They're yeah, they're, they're deep at linebacker too. They're not going to need a ton of depth at linebacker, but when, but what they can't have is you can't have when Nick Anderson leaves the field, um, a 50 yard touchdown on the next play. And quite frankly, when Nick Anderson got hurt last year, (laughs) we saw a lot of that in the couple of games that he missed coming back from a serious, serious ankle injury. They can't have that drop off when Nick Anderson and Dorian Williams aren't on the field. and, And that appears to be the case this year.
0: Well, September third, they kick it off against UMass. How you feeling about the team? Uh, pretty
4: good. Again, I, <laughs> I, I, it's it's modern day football. Yeah, I, I always wonder. It's true for every team in the country. I'm I'm not sure how teams are ready for opening day anymore because when I when I started in the business in 1991, there was so much mm-hmm. more contact, so much more tackling, oh, yeah. so yeah. much more live drills. You can't do that. There's too many injuries, too many problems. I I, I get it now, but. There's just you know I would have liked to have seen more live tackling drills to give you a real good sense of of where the team is. Um, But look, this team has a ton of experience. Willie Fritz pointed out to me today they've got 12 players on offense. 12. Who've played more than a thousand downs of college football? Yeah. They've got seven players on defense who've played more than a thousand downs of college football, and that doesn't count Jaden Kennedy, who started as a true freshman last year and played like 850. And they're not. And he's talking about at Tulane. That doesn't count Shay Wyatt, who played well over a thousand downs at Central Missouri, and uh, and they've and they've got Tylo Phillips, a transfer from Lamar, who played over a thousand downs there too. So this is a much this is probably the most experienced team that, that Willie Fritz has ever had. And yeah, that usually translates to good things.
0: Yeah. yeah no, it definitely does. And, and hopefully it will, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, uh, I, I'll say it again. I don't think he's on the hot seat, but I think there's some pressure for him mm-hmm. to make up for last year's, yeah. uh, for last year's debacle. And look, a lot of that, again, was, was, was the schedule and, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that hurt them, but they hurt themselves. Again, they, they were in games. No they should have won and look, they let slip away.
4: look Willie Fritz is a good coach I've seen him enough he's a good coach Tulane did not look like a well-coached team at at times last year and when you're two and ten that's the reality but there there was there was stuff going on that I hadn't seen before where teams East Carolina they're running around in and there's nobody there it's like I thought I was watching a high school game guys running around in and running untouched for a 50-yard touchdown a 60-yard touchdown that stuff can't happen and it, it had not happened in the past for for Tulane and and yeah and I'll throw the the schedule, and then again, um, Hurricane Ida threw him for a loop. Yeah, when, you, when you're displaced yeah. to Birmingham for a month, living in a hotel with animals and dogs and all kinds of other <laughs> yeah. things going on, and just out of your environment, and with the Louisiana players not knowing sure what had happened down here, it, it just mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't a good scene for them. There's a lot of factors, but I, I agree with you they I, they need to show they need to go back to looking like a well coached football team this yep. year, and, and, and I think they will.
0: Well, when you drop down on bended knee, my friend, pray for no, 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 no tropical events. <laughs> okay? <laughs> let's no let's go unscathed <laughs> this, this hurricane season. And then hopefully, yeah. again, we'll be able to see these teams at least perform coming out the box uh, as well. Saints had the same problem last year. And I'm with you. I yeah. don't know how you harden your body for a football <laughs> season without contact in, yeah. in, 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 in training camp. I don't know how you get to, you know, you become a good tackling team if you're mm-hmm. not practicing tackling in, in, yeah. in, uh, in training camp. I
4: agree. And Willie Fritz, he used to, he was so big on that in his early years. I even wrote a big feature on it. It was the peak, Pete Carroll, the Seattle Seahawks system. He had videos of it. He, He, he was running the drills where the defensive backs and linebackers were just tackling guys right and left on their own guys on just track practicing fundamentals, you know, I'm not at every minute of every practice. I haven't been to those Saints, the ones that have been at the Saints indoor facility, but I've barely seen any of that this preseason. And that, that started in the COVID era where that kind of stuff yeah. stopped. Yeah. And so it, it's it, even with Willie Fritz, it, it's definitely the, the the sea change has been huge in his six years here.
0: The difference it's across the board, Williams man. It's in, it's in every yeah. sport. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about the high school sports today, yeah. but again, it's in every sport. Ken Train can answer that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's in every sport. Always appreciate your time, my friend. One more time, hype that website for us. Sure. Let the folks know a little bit uh, about how they can follow you on social media uh throw it out for us
4: yes it's it's the wave report.com tulane.rivals.com part of the rival system um one thing you can get that you and i didn't talk about at all tulane had the first ever as far as i can ever recall in my journalism career assistant coaches press conference with the new baseball coaches the other day it oh. was actually really interesting yep. all three guys talked with jay ullman you can go and read every word. It was a 30-minute press conference. You can read every word of what was said on, on, on the at the report dot com, and I guarantee you um, that they, that that won't. You, you can't read the transcript of that anywhere else. And these guys, I have no idea whether they're gonna whether they're gonna be a successful staff, but they're a successful staff when they talk. This is a really intelligent, in, um, engaging staff. So so uh, that that's you, know, you can again go to the wave report for that because you ain't seeing it anywhere else.
0: Beautiful. At Gary Smith on Twitter. Thanks, my friend. We'll check in next week. Thanks for having me on. Always, always. Again, Gary Smith of, of The uh, the Wave Report, NOAA.com, the advocate at uh, all. All right, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. And, uh, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. I'm telling you, AC breaks down. Just think acpromise.com. It's so easy. Again, one of the 15 trucks in the field will be dispatched out to your home and your business. Give you a 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home. Those nate certified technicians will go in there, and they'll get you up and running. Uh, again, if uh, you're looking for a new system, I'll say it again. Don't sign that contract. At least let Burkhardt come out and give you a price. Uh, you've heard me talk about them now for years, over 30 years in the business, 15 trucks in the field, after-hours service as well. Uh, you're not going to do any better than Burkhardt. Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, a company you can truly trust, acpromise.com. That's ac promise.com you're listening to inside new orleans brought to you by the oceana family of restaurants oceana grill mambo's old new orleans cookery the Hine bar and bobby bear's cajun County restaurant all are open seven days a week all are open late get out there and get yourself a great meal at one of the oceana family restaurants we'll be right back
2: inside new orleans if it's new orleans sports culture food inside new orleans with eric asher is talking about it Weekdays at 4 on 106.1 Nash Icon and available online anytime at nashfm1061.com. This report
4: is sponsored by Indeed.com. Dog days of summer got your business needing help? Check out Indeed, an all-in-one hiring solution that makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 toward your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Look out for an accident that's blocking the right lane on the 610 on the westbound side, right at Canal Boulevard. And look out for delays steady if you're traveling on the 610 on the westbound side from Broad to just before Canal Boulevard. In the meantime, delays are going to be solid if you're traveling on 10 westbound from North Claiborne to Canal also in the meantime delays are going to be steady if you're traveling on 10 eastbound from just past City Park to the high rise look out for delays if you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City connection with delays that are solid from Terry Parkway to the Camp Street exit and also in the meantime look out for a couple of accidents on your surface streets Elysian Fields at Leon C Simon and Gravier at South White I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the attorney Mike Bradner Traffic Center
0: Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Today's program brought to you by my good friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants Oceana Grill, uh, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, the high Bar, Bobby A. Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted number one restaurant by Tribute Advisor, uh, the number one restaurant in Metairie. Uh, I'm telling you, folks, great menu for you. Uh, amazing cocktails, incredible beer selection. Uh, the, the menu is, again, chock full of your New Orleans favorites, Cajun Creole cuisine, but, but so much more. Fantastic burger, barbecue ribs. I mean, there's really. Look, you're gonna find something on that menu you're gonna enjoy. Also, again, the, the large beer selection and the cocktails, outstanding. Then you get 30 plus TV screens, TVs everywhere. Uh, you'll never miss a play. I love to say this because it's so true. TVs even in the restroom. I mean, I'm telling you, if you don't, you know, sometimes you just gotta wait for the commercial. Sometimes you can't, right? So you got TVs even in the restroom, so you'll never miss a play. And then, of course. The great food that you could uh, you're going to be able to enjoy. Look, it's football season. You're going to want to go hang out in a place where you can you know check out all the games that are coming on in college, on the pros. You could do that at Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant. Soon we'll be flipping into college foot college football, college uh, um, college football and pro football and pro basketball because again it's starting early uh, in early October. You'll be able to do that as well. I mean, so many TVs. And then of course, what I love uh bobby bear's cajun cannon restaurant is unique it's the perfect combination of louisiana sports culture and authentic louisiana cuisine and when i talk about sports culture i'm talking about memorabilia that could be in a museum one of a kind items that you won't find anywhere else i mean literally you could just walk around the restaurant like you'd walk around a museum and just you know ooh and ah at, at some of the stuff that they have which are one of a kind especially if you're a sports memorabilia buff like myself um why don't you find out more? You want to go to bobbybears.com. Again, the uh, hours of operation, open seven days a week for you for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. They got the full menu there as well. They'll let you know if you're within the, uh, the, per, the, the, uh, the territory where they, where they actually deliver to you. Uh, you're looking for a great place to go grab a bite to eat, catch, check out all the games, and grab some great cocktails as well as fantastic beer? You found it. It's Bobby Bear's Cajun Canada Restaurant. So good. That's Lake Villa and Veterans in Metairie. Part of the Oceana family of restaurants. All right. Thanks to Gary Smith for joining us. We talked about the wave. My good friend, Jordi Kalana, the Jordi Colada show, who is just killing it. Are you guys paying attention? Are you guys checking him out? Have you Are you following him on social media like I asked you to? Have you been checking out his YouTube channel? I mean, again, he's all over all the recruits. Again, where are they going? They're going to Jordy Collada's platform. His platform is blowing up. He's, on, again, also part of WAFB's um, website as well. And, of course, uh, again, just a, a guy that's a little bit ahead of his time when, when it comes to digital platform, but a great show. And the great thing about it is, so, okay, we'd love you to listen from 7 to 9, but if you can't, Go pick it up again on YouTube whenever you can. It's, it is worth the listen, worth the watch. It's the Jordy Collada Show, and he joins us each and every week here on our program. Jordy, how are you?
1: Hey, great to be back, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Always good. Jordy, tell us about the parade of, uh, of recruits that you had this week, my friend.
1: Uh, well, it was another good week for LSU as uh, they picked up a defensive back as we were there for Kylan Jackson, the big safety out of Zachary on Saturday. Uh, which is a uh, look a long rangey physical safety uh, can come up and play in the box a lot like Jamal Adams is you know I would I would kind of uh, relate his style to and then uh, earlier this week Kai Prion, the uh, the four star wide receiver from uh, St James down there in Vashery, uh took the hat out for LSU over Mississippi State Auburn and Florida State so um, it's been fun to be a part of these 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 announcements E it's been cool to be in the room to kind of get the energy from these towns and all of the, the supporters and coaches and teammates and teachers and family members. So uh, it's really been cool. I think that we're going to be up in Monroe uh, on September 1st for Versed, uh for uh, Big and Hurd uh, making his commitment to uh, it'll be out of uh, LSU, Texas A&M, and I think Houston will have a hat on the table.
0: Um, what are these? What are the recruits telling you? Uh, the big turnaround now, again, now LSU is the school that is of, of their choice.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I think that you know LSU's got a really good staff. I mean, they put together a really good staff of recruiters, guys that are really selling the message, and um, you know, I mean, LSU's kind of getting back to that feeling of of once where they were when they were really dominating recruiting. Um, and, you know, you, you, you and I, I'm sure, will talk about it, but, I mean, they're outside of the top 25 at both the AP and the mm-hmm. coaches poll. Uh, it's been a long time since that happened. It's a hungry program now, um, you know, and kind of playing in a position that they've rarely been. So uh, I think that there's some vibes and some feels around LSU that's you know really been taken in on the trail um, and, and is creating a heck of a buzz for LSU and giving them a lot of momentum.
0: Miles Brennan steps away from football this week. It is now Jaden Daniels and uh, and Garrett Nussmeyer's job to be able to uh, vie for. And look, I've said it all along this week: don't fall asleep on Walker Howard. One injury to one of those guys, he's number two again, so he's back in the mix. Uh, what are you hearing? What, what are you? Dude, whose job is it now at this point? Is it still? Uh, is it still a contest for number one? Is there a lean one way or the other? Well, what, what's the? What, what are you hearing?
1: Yeah, Nussmeyer had an ankle a foot injury late last week that kept him out of a couple of practices that I think gave an opportunity for Jaden Daniels to make his move. And yesterday, there were some scrimmage like situations that were taking place at practice. And, you know, when they went out with the first unit, he, he trotted Daniels out there. So I think if they play tonight, I think that Daniels would be the starter. I don't know if this thing is going to be competitively over with, uh, you know, well into the season. I, I think that this is going to go into the season uh, still in competition. Uh, I still think that they'll be trying to find the guy. But one thing that is the luxury of having both Nussmeier and Daniels is that they can play at this level. Man, you can win games in the SEC West with both these guys. They've got a real good, um, you know, security, secure feeling uh, around their quarterback position. I'm with you. You know, look, I think that the the dire situation would be to play Walker Howard in meaningful reps this season, just because you'd hate to you'd hate to speed up his clock when he's not ready to go. But He's just talented and, and and deserving and in this competition and um, you know now sitting in a third string role where you know he's a snap away from being the backup he's two snaps away from being the starter so um, you know they, they, they've got a really good room there that they're starting to to develop.
0: When do you think if Brian Kelly will do this at all, where he will name a starter? I mean, it's 17 days until the opener. At some point, they got with well, one guy that's got to get the majority of the reps. And I would, I would, I would also um, uh, expand that to the offensive line as well, where they're still experimenting.
1: Yeah, no, I looked. At, I think they got some competition that's going to roll deep into camp. You know, what I mean, it's going to go. Um, you know, if at the quarterback spot, I think they'd love to have a guy by. Next week, you know, I mean, at some point, you got to be starting to turn your focus towards Florida State and trying to game plan with how you're going to play and 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 what you're going to call and you know who's going to be making those calls and so so i would assume that you know it, it'll be within the next seven days, next five days, and when he wants to make the announcement of who's going to be the quarterback, and may not publicly you know make the announcement, but at least internally let the team know who's going to play. I think these offensive line uh, that competition could roll. Uh, like I said with the quarterback, that could roll into the season as well. You know, I think Emory Jones has made a really big move, but Traymon Shorts and Miles Fraser are two guys that have, uh, you know, shown their veteran prowess. And, you know, they brought over a lot of experience and a lot of playing time. And, you know, that's probably giving them a leg up right now. But, you know, look, Brian Kelly rattled off nine names yesterday at the press conference yes. in which he trusted that he believed could play on that line of scrimmage. And that alone I think is an incredible uh, success story and what they've done to this roster of making that position uh, competitive because that that was a scary scenario that they were dealt in leaving Houston after that bowl game and the thought mm-hmm. of what they were going to look like on the on the offensive line was uh, w- w- was pretty daunting. But uh, to see what they have now and and Kelly feeling comfortable in nine guys is
0: um, that's it's, it's really good work by the staff. Jordy Collado, the Jordy Collado Show with us, seven to nine weekdays on his uh, YouTube channel. We'll tell you more about that in a few minutes. Uh, Dellinger, never played the center position before. He likes his smarts. He likes his size. He made a good comment yesterday. He doesn't. He's never going to, you know, we're not going to see these small centers anymore. But again, most uh, uh, colleges are playing out of the shotgun, and he's had trouble getting that that snap back to him. Talk a bit about that.
1: Well, look, I think they made the move with Garrett Dellinger to center because he's their best offensive lineman, and he's the one that could manage having that role and that task thrown at him. I mean, he's never played center in his life. He's always been a dominant guy that you know has pretty much pushed people around, whether it be uh, you know at left tackle, right tackle. I'm sure he's played some interior growing up, but he's never played the center position. And now, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. With that role, I mean, you know, what, You got to call the protection. You got to call out the strong side of the defense. You got to find the Mike backer. You got to, you know, you got to get over the ball. You got to snap the football, and then you got to protect yourself against guys that are, you know, coming out of the SEC West. These are, you know, some premier athletes that are lining up on the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, there's a lot of new stuff for Dellinger that's going into to to this transition. But um, as you heard Kelly say yesterday, they're pretty confident he can handle it, but. You know, I mean, there's going to be some some situations like that where he just kind of rolls it back there on three straight reps that you you got to be able to fix. Um, but but there's a lot being thrown at him that's you know brand new to play in that position that he's really uh, you know he's really having to catch on. So I, I think that they'll be fine there just because I believe so much in him. I think he's a he's a fantastic player and um, you know I think he'll 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 meet this challenge head on. Uh, and, and figure this out by the time the season rolls around here in just over two weeks. Yeah, and
0: they got a heck of a position coach there as well, um, mm-hmm. Mason Taylor. I keep hearing it, the name uh, mm-hmm. again. We know the wide receiving core is stacked, right? Uh, but again, they were they were worried they weren't have a, they wouldn't have another tight end. And um, I heard that up until within the last couple of weeks, you've had a chance to see him play a little bit. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, look, I mean, obviously he comes from a phenomenal line and football lineage with. You know, First ballot Hall of Famer, Jason Taylor being his dad. He looks the part, you know, I mean it's scary though. I mean he's 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 for as a good looking of an athlete as he is, he's still he's still really not developed. I mean, he's still just eighteen years old. It's scary to think about what he's gonna look like in two years. I mean he's gonna look like a Greek god, you know, I mean, just by the way he's built and his stature and his physique. But you know, look, they they this true freshman class, they didn't sign a lot. They signed fifteen guys, but they hit just about on everybody, you know. I mean, Will Campbell's going to play. Emory Jones is going to play. Harold Perkins is going to play. Mason Taylor's another guy that's going to be tough to keep off the field. And it's not just because they got a they got a sincere need there. And look, the, the, the tight end room is, is depleted. They need guys and they need players. And Taylor's in the right place at the right time, but you know it'd be tough to keep him off the field. Even if they had some depth there, he's 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 a little you know above his time. You know, a little bit. Um, beyond his time. I mean, he's he's a guy that, um, you know, can run, he can catch, you can line him up in certain situations and put him off the line of scrimmage. He's a new age tight end by every sense of the definition. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, like we said, where he comes from, he comes from a great high school program down in South Florida. Um, you know, obviously his dad being Jason Taylor, of the, the Dolphins and the Jets and
6: you yes. know, being a Hall
1: of Famer. I mean, you kind of, you see all the intangibles there, but, you know, you get him out there, and um, you know LSU's in need of a tight end. They're in need of a pass catching tight end, and he checks just about every box. And it's scary to think that he's only, I mean, he's only eighteen years old. Yeah,
0: um, defensive line looks like again one of the strengths of the team. I've, I, I mean, again, just based on you know just the the, the comings and goings in the defensive backfield. I have asked the question over again, over and over again, are these guys SEC caliber defensive backs? Most people that I've spoken with believe they are. When you look at the group back there right now, now they've got a chance to see them in a scrimmage. We hear a lot again about, you know, I've got one guy, Kobe Richardson, we've been hearing a lot about lately, uh, you know, uh, Converse as well. Uh, are, are, are they going to be able to – look, I'm not talking about the reputation of DBU, I'm talking about when it comes time on a Saturday to be able to stop an opposing offense, are they SEC caliber?
5: I think they
1: are. I think that they have, like Kelly said, they got six guys competing at that position to play, and you know it's going to be a bunch of defensive backs that transferred in. Whether it's Seven Banks, Makai Gardner, Tariq Bernard, Converse, like you said, um, you know even some of the young guys are having pretty good camps. Terence Terrence Welsh is out there, um, you know Jalen Davis Robinson's playing pretty well. So they got some names that are popping up and, and making plays, but. Uh, Kobe Richardson, the guy that you brought up, I think. Look, I, I think he's answered all the questions. I think he's definitely going to play. He's going to play early, and you know, he's he's he looks like an SEC corner. You know, I mean, he comes out of New Orleans. You guys know he comes out of like Maine High School and went to went to, went went to McNeese, and uh, now ends up in Baton Rouge. And I mean, like he was saying the other day, I mean, you know, he, he's he's traveled a long way to go one on one with Keishawn Booty in a in yeah. a fall camp. Um, you yeah. know, I mean, he's lined up on arguably the the best wide receiver in college football, and has a great opportunity to really kind of show his skill set. You know, I mean, on the, I was at a practice the other day. They had six NFL teams standing on the sideline watching practice, and you know, I mean, Colby Richardson's getting those eyeballs on. They may not be here looking, looking at him, but you know, when they're when he's guarding Kayshawn one on one, they're going to catch him anyway. So uh, he's got a great opportunity to 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 really kind of show off here because he's another one he that. I mean, his measurables are impressive. I mean, his length, his size, um, you know, his speed. He's just—he—he he, he looks very SEC ready, uh, coming from from where he was in Lake Charles.
0: Yeah. All right, it's an unfair question. You've only seen a couple of scrimmage. You know, again, obviously you got great contacts. How do you feel about this team? Is this eight and four? Is this nine and three? Is that asking too much out of Brian Kelly for the first year?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't think so. You know, I mean, look, right now, uh, our our partners over at Caesar Sportsbook or or has the number at, at seven over under LSU. I, I've been urging our listeners, if you know, if that's something that you're into, to I, I would definitely take that at the window. You know, I mean, I think that this is this is almost a scenario where they're giving away money um, because there's a lot of doubt around LSU. If you do. You know, if you, if you just kind of go back to last year and where they're coming from, and even the 10 draft picks, you know, I mean, people got to be asking, how can they replace that? But if you mm-hmm. spend, you know, two hours at practice, you look around, and I mean, you see Mason Smith, and you see Jaqueline Roy, and you see Jay Ward, and you know, you see guys like Greg Pennett linebacker, who you may not think about, then Harold Perkins pops up there. And, I mean, they just got guys everywhere. And I know it's the SEC, and I know everybody's got a, you know, a really talented roster, but... You know LSU's guys are usually a little different, and mm-hmm. it looks like they got a couple of those difference makers that people are not accounting for. And I, I would definitely, you know, bet on them to win eight games. I think nine games is probably the ceiling. Um, but you know, I mean, if if you would have told Brian Kelly in December, like I said, or in January when he was watching that Texas Bowl, that you're going to win eight games, nine games, possibly in your first season. In watching that team play that night, I guarantee you he would have he would have sprinted to the yeah. to the line to sign. You know what I mean? Wherever he was, he would have taken that um, ten out of ten times. So I think they can get there. E, I really do. I you know I'm trying to take my my bias away from it, but yes. I look at certain positions like the line of scrimmage, the defensive line. I think the defensive line is going to keep them in just about every game because they're they're big and strong and fast, and you know it's, it's going to be hard to find somebody to just push them around. Um, um. So, you know, I, I'm anxious to see, but I would definitely take them winning more than seven games.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. Man, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate you each and every week joining us on the program. Tell the folks about your fantastic show, how folks can find it online, uh, and, of course, how folks can follow you on social media.
1: Appreciate it, as always. The easiest way to find us is just follow us on uh, social media at Colada Show. It drives everything back to our YouTube page. But if you're looking for some digital programming, Monday through Friday, we're on 7 to 9 a.m., Jordy Colada Show, the YouTube page. You can search it. Just easy to get to us. And like I said, if you're on any social media platform from Instagram, TikTok to Twitter, you can just search at Colada Show and you'll find us. We'll be there. We appreciate being here every Thursday. E.
0: You got it, bud. Thanks so much. Check in with you next week. All right, man. See you. Jordy Colada, Jordy Colada Show, doing a fantastic job. I'm just telling you, folks, you want to find out what's happening with LSU? It's not just LSU. He's a talk show host. He talks about everything. Okay. He can do it all. Uh, tune in to the Jordy Collada Show. All right, don't forget about my friends at Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. If you're in the market for a brand-new system, remember Burkhart. Uh, Burkhart is authorized to sell some of the top brands in the industry. And then, of course, you got Burkhart standing behind their work. The service after the sale is impeccable. Uh, they have experts when it comes to installing air conditioning systems, whether it is uh, commercial, uh, industrial, or residential. Go with the pros. Go with Burkhart. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family Restaurant. Oceanic Grill, Mambo's, Old New Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, The Hideout Bar. All are open seven days a week. All are open late. All are open for lunch and dinner. Oceana's got breakfast, lunch, and dinner for you. Get out there and enjoy a meal, a cocktail or two, at the Oceana family of restaurants. We'll be right back. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in an authentic French Quarter Courtyard. Or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at MamboNola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Three.
2: Get
5: ready for Luke Bryan, Live Raised Up Right Tour, Saturday, August 27th, Smoothie King Center. Luke Bryan with special guests Riley Green, Mitchell Timpenny, and DJ Rock. Tickets are on sale now. Get tickets at Ticketmaster.com.
2: Don't miss Luke Bryan, Raised Up Right Tour. Come on, toxic drinking water at Camp Lejeune? If you or someone you know was stationed on or around Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987, you were likely exposed to toxic drinking water. If you were diagnosed with cancer or another serious condition, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Serving those who have served us. That's the Dudley DeBozier difference. 444 4444. Four, four, four. Stephen DeBozier, New Orleans.
0: LA 2213849. All right, welcome back to Inside New Orleans. I want to thank uh, Gary Smith and Jordy Collada uh, for joining us on the program. So we, uh, we wiped out Tulane and LSU, they're off the board. Coming up next, Ali Gassell with the Pels and also Ross Jackson with the Saints. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. Mambo's, Old New Cookery, and the Hideout Bar, all are open late. All are ready for you seven days a week. Get out there and enjoy a meal or cocktail at the Oceana Family Restaurants. Hey, we'll be right back. Don't move. I'm here with my good friend Mike DeLaHusie of the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say to Eric? Hey, did I ever tell you you have, like, the perfect Facebook radio? No, Mike. Did I ever tell you that you have the perfect 24-hour diner? Hey, bud, no. As a matter of fact, you haven't. It. That's no, because you don't. Come on, man. You know that ain't nice. And uh, neither is your help. Oh, man. And why do you eat here so often? Well, my wife says that I'm a glutton for punishment. The TikTok Cafe, where the video poker is always hot, on hot, hot, Causeway and I-10, better known as the intersection of E. coli and salmonella. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard
2: our man, Eric Asher.
0: number two of inside new orleans i'm your host eric asher the privilege of bringing you home each and every weekday home uh four to six right here on 106.1 fm nash icon on your radio dial and uh, we're so lucky so many ways for you to catch the program uh, iHeart Radio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms. Uh, free download for your smartphone or tablet. You can also catch the uh, podcast there because our podcast is everywhere. Anchors our home base on your favorite podcasting platform. Pardon me. All uh, you have to do is search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. You'll find it. Nash FM 1061.com, ericasher.com on the World Wide Web. And, of course, uh, check, us, check us out on our social media platforms, uh, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. If you want to contact me, you go to the contact portion of ericasher.com and uh, just click on the icon, and it'll set up the email address, or you can can email me at eric at ericasher.com. And quite a few of you guys do that, even during the show. And if I see it, I normally will pass your question on to the the guest as well. Um, Don't forget about the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports this evening. At 6 p.m., we had our, our live broadcast. We do each and every Thursday at 1 o'clock on WLA-TV. Also live streaming on the WLA-TV YouTube page. Uh, you can check us out tonight at 6 o'clock on LAE, 10 o'clock on The Deuce. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on WLAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on The Deuce. Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. And Mike D'Italia was on the program today. Uh, again, uh, Saints, real deep dive into the Saints. LSU as well, Tulane. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Pells, but uh, again, still a great show for you to enjoy. Uh, we'll have that up on our social media platforms this evening. Uh, it's already on the LAE uh, uh, YouTube page, and it'll be on ericasher.com by the end of the weekend. Today's program is brought to you by my good friends over at the Oceana family of restaurants. And, of course, it started, uh, again, we well, got Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. You got uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambos, the Hideout Bar. But it started with Oceanic Grill. And, oh, man, I'm telling you, Oceanic Grill. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Uh, really easy to get to. Bourbon and Conti in the French Quarter. They're open seven days a week. Uh, home in New Orleans, best breakfast. you got to get out there. If you love breakfast, and, and again, if you're a kind of person like myself that can eat breakfast for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, I'm telling you right now, Oceana's is your place. 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. Late breakfast service for you uh, to enjoy, again, the fantastic bre- breakfast specialties that they have for you. Uh, the the world-famous crepes, again, the traditional breakfast, uh, eggs, grits, sausage, bacon. The biscuits are fantastic. I mean, I go on and on and on and just rave about the breakfast. Just part of this, again, incredible menu over at Oceana, including, again, ca- Cajun Creole dishes, that are fantastic for both lunch and dinner. But more than that, because, again, it is a, it is a place where, again, a, a lot of, uh, of our visitors go, but also a lot of our locals go. Uh, they make sure that the menu is, again, Cajun Creole cuisine, but it's also, again, so much more. Great burger, fantastic pasta dishes for you. Also, again, barbecue ribs that will melt right in your mouth. I mean, oh, fantastic. And then the cocktails, Outstanding. Some of the best mixologists we have in all the city work at the Oceana family of restaurants. They pride themselves on, again, fantastic spirits and also uh, great mixologists. And then the, the, the uh, cocktail menu, I mean, something to behold. And I'm, I'm telling you, from years of doing... Uh, live broadcast when the waiter or waitress comes out with your with your cocktail and everybody's turning in the restaurant looking and going, ooh, wow, what is that? And they're reaching for the cocktail menu because they want to find out. That tells you all you need to know. Uh, fantastic cocktails. You can dine in the Authentic French Quarter Courtyard. Again, beautiful by day, spectacular by night, but also dog-friendly for you. And then look, not, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five private rooms for you to have your next event. And how beautiful that is. Your right steps off Bourbon Street. You're not that far from Frenchman Street. So, again, when your party ends, you keep the party going, right? Uh, they do a fantastic job at putting on a party for you. Uh, the catering part of, of the Oce- of the Oceana Family of Restaurants do a great job from setting up your menu to setting up the venue. And, of course, the waiters, waitresses, the bartenders, again, at your beck and call to make sure that, uh, again, your uh, your event is an event that everyone will, will be uh, will be memorable and will remember. Um, Family-friendly, always family-friendly at Oceana. But, again, perfect dining experience for, again, friends. Uh, maybe you're going on that first date. Maybe, again, you and your wife or significant other are looking for a great place to go out and, uh, and have a, a, a meal. Or, again, close that business deal, which I've seen a lot. Closing that business deal in the middle of the day, great place to do that. Hey, to find out more, go to Oceanagrill.com. And, of course, remember, Oceana Grills, the best time off Bourbon Street. 8 a.m. until 1 a.m. Open seven days a week for you. That's Oceana Grill, all part of the Oceana family of restaurants. All right, uh, coming up in, in this hour, we're going to be joined by Ali Gostell of the Bird Rights, and we'll talk a little bit with him about the uh, schedule release yesterday uh, with the NBA and how that, again, affects the Pelicans. So we'll get into that. We'll also talk a little bit about uh, the, the trade that we hope doesn't happen, right? Uh, that's the, uh, uh, the, the uh, Kevin Durant uh, trade. So we'll talk about that. And, um, and then, of course, we'll finish up with Ross Jackson of uh, Locked On Saints Podcasts, christenysports.com, and, and also Saints Wire. And he was up in Green Bay uh, for the practice in Green Bay. So that means he's seen every single practice the Saints have had uh, in, in, in during this uh, training camp session. We'll get his take on the Saints. Uh, we'll get his take on, on again, the, the uh, workout, the joint workout uh, up, in, uh, up in Wisconsin. All that coming up here on Inside New Orleans in hour number two. Without further ado, let's head to the guest line. Uh, Again, we try to get him every single week. Got overrun with football last week. And, of course, he needs a break every now and then, doesn't he? But the Pell schedule's out. Uh, Pell's getting ready again to get started on the season. they will be in training camp very, very soon. It's time to talk some NBA basketball, baby. We do it with Ali Cassell, the bird rights. Ali, how are you?
7: I'm doing great, Eric. How about yourself?
0: Doing great, Ali. I'm excited, man. You know, I love football, but I love NBA basketball. And... um, you know, people don't realize how quick the season just comes up on you, because uh, I mean, what is it? October nineteenth is the opener against Brooklyn. The twenty-third they open up in, at home against Utah, and they got training camp before that. And that, that means what? Training camp probably either late September, early October, right? Exactly.
7: I think media day is going to be September twenty-sixth. Training camp opens a day later, and before that, you know, the guys are going to get together for those you know, voluntary workouts. So. Pretty much as soon as we hit September, things are going to start happening.
0: Ali, how about the um, how about the David Griffin at the piano? I, I, first of <laughs> all, when you can laugh at yourself, that's a wonderful thing. And, and I just thought they hit it out the park on the schedule release what they did uh, with, uh, with, with that with little video they put out. What were your thoughts? Because I, I saw I, actually I saw you post it, and of course I reposted it. Uh, at, uh, you know, all, all, all coming off your feed, I thought it was just fantastic.
5: That's one of
7: the best things I've ever seen any NBA team put out. Um, not just the Pelicans, talking about anybody. And you're right, for David Griffin to sign off on it, for to get Zion Williamson involved, and for whoever came up with the idea, I'm guessing somebody within that Pelican social team, they've got wonderful production people, came up with the idea, but to implement it and, like I said, to pull it off, fantastic. Um, well, if, it's a last a I picture think for the audience. Probably wanted.
0: <laughs> right. Paint What's a picture that? for the audience, if you would, of how that went down.
7: Yeah, so if anybody knows the backstory, Christian Clark of NOLA.com wrote an article before the start of last year about supposedly David Griffin going into Zion Williamson's room back when they were inside the bubble and playing um, either you know a little Yamaha uh, piano, um, organ, whatever that's called. Some others said that maybe he actually led and played a piano in front of him somewhere. But either way, that kind of, you know, took legs and everybody laughed at it. Griff, a lot of people around the Pelicans organization denied it. But, you know, the jokes have been coming. Zion Williamson said, oh, you're the piano man. When Christian asked him a a question during his free agent uh, signing back uh, early July last month. And now, of course, for the Pelicans to turn it around and make it a story to where the video starts with, you know, you're going into Griffin's office. You don't see him there. but you can hear music, and you go out into the gym, and sure enough, there's Griff playing on a piano, and uh, then the lights suddenly come on when he's, you know, about 30 seconds into a song, Zion Williamson enters, but before he enters, you could see a couple of staffers, right? One's a janitor or somebody of that sort just staring in awe. There's another one blowing some smoke, right, to give it that kind of production, that illumination of sorts. And, of course, Zion Williamson walks in and says uh, a fantastic line, Something along the lines of um, you'll get used to it, right? So it, it, yeah. it was just wonderful, like I said. It was funny. you got to go back to it a year funny. when you learned the story. But for the Pelicans, for Griff, especially to laugh it, laugh it off, fantastic.
0: And if that's the way he plays piano, he's pretty damn good. Yeah, right? I wouldn't mind listening (laughs)
7: to him play a few tunes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you right now, he's pretty damn – that's what he plays being pretty damn good. And while he's doing that, uh, you know, superimposed on the screen are, again, the home openers and, you know, kind of let you know what's going on with, with, again, some of the big games that are going to be coming uh, to New Orleans. Um, The schedule, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, it seems like just
7: about every year we talk about tough starts for this team, and they're going to be facing a daunting schedule to open. Um, first off, the opener, right? Are we going to see Kevin Durant in uniform for the Brooklyn Nets? But even if he's not, I anticipate Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving playing really, you know, sharp, right? One to prove naysayers wrong in that very first game. So the Pelicans have to go up against that. But after a couple kind of what should be wins, right? Charlotte and Utah. Then they have a stretch of six games against teams that I think are being the playoffs, right? And four of those are going to be on the road. So. We always want to see the Pelicans start at least 5-5 five and five through the first 10 games. And I'm not sure, even if they play well, that that's going to happen. And like I said, going back 10 years, I think this team has maybe once or twice been was 500 or better through the first 10 games. And it seems to always set the tone. We always look back at that. So I'm hoping right that they can overcome it this year. But, yeah, I'm staring at that first two and a half weeks. as If they can get over that, then it gets easier. Because I, I looked, and there's a lot of websites out there. After those first nine games, they've got 73 left. They have the third easiest schedule after you get past those first nine games. So that says a lot.
0: Uh, Yes, it does. And, of course, uh, you mentioned on your site the back-to-backs, only 12 back-to-backs. That's the the least in the NBA this year. And was it three less than they had last year? Is that what it was?
7: Right. They played a total of 15 last year. And unfortunately, they went 3-12 and on that second night of back-to-back. So I don't want to see them. I don't think anybody wants to see them. And, and maybe even this team, because they just didn't perform well. So that's good. And look, back-to-backs, while you, you, you sometimes can't get up for the performance or the depth, something leads you to those poor records. Another thing for me is just rest. I know how much these players put in uh, when I watch them up close in just a single game. So just to avoid as many of those back-to-backs as possible is really a good thing for this team that really gives so much effort on every night. Uh,
0: being honest with everyone, I w- did not have a chance to go really do a deep dive into the um, schedule. Been really relying on, on folks like uh, like Ali. Uh, are there any uh, tough, long uh, West Coast road trips or East Coast road trips where they're on the road for, for quite a bit of time other than, again, starting the first eight of 11 games on the road?
7: You know, there's nothing too daunting. Their biggest trip is five games, but it goes east. And, but there's none of those crazy, you know, five games uh, out west, which is a great thing. Um, for me, the other thing, once you get past those first couple of weeks, I'm looking at January. And that's when they play a lot of those tough Eastern Conference teams. And if you remember last year, this team couldn't beat those teams for some reason. So within the first three weeks of January, I think they play something along the lines of Philly, the Nets, Boston, Miami. Cleveland, who I think we should expect to be better. Detroit, right? We don't know what to expect from them. I think, actually, they faced Miami twice. So that's the other thing I'm concerned about. But as far as those, yeah, Eric, I know we're talking about five cities going out west on a single trip. That's not yeah. happening this year. And I will yeah. say the schedule to finish out the season is favorable. You know, 10 of the last 17 are at home. Four of the last five are at home. There's mm-hmm. a lot more breaks. They're not going to face nearly as many back-to-backs. So I like that stretch coming home if they're playing for positioning or if Willie Green's going to be looking to get some guys some rest here and there.
0: Yeah, no doubt about 18 nationally televised games. What is it? Uh, six on TNT, five on ESPN, seven on NBA TV. And we saw what toward the end of last year, I think some of the networks have an opportunity, if a, you know, if a team is just, you know, out of contention, they, they can maybe make a change, much like we see with the flexing in the, NBA, in the NFL. So maybe there's a possibility that they may be on even more uh, if they're playing well down the stretch. Yeah, eighteen is
7: a really good number. Uh, let's let's rem- remember they went thirty six and forty six a year ago. So that's ten games under five hundred. Zion Williamson, I think probably ESPN producers, you know TNT, they've learned they can't trust for him to be in uniform. So to get eighteen, that's a big good number because that's as many as the Memphis Grizzlies got. And you know everybody wants to see them play with John mm-hmm. Morant and how much they're talking and you know the impact and all the winning they did last year. So I love it. I love the exposure. that team's going to get and you're right there's probably a good chance if things don't go awry that they'll add a few more coming down the stretch
0: i feel really good about this team and i'm, I'm trying not I to be a homer i'm here. afraid I really to be talking about it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i really do and look I, I know there's going to be a transition period in terms of again you know how you bring a ball dominant uh, 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 zion williamson into the mix here but I mean, again, I get giddy thinking about you know C.J. McCollum and and, um, and and Brandon Ingram and, and Zion on the floor together, uh, you know about you know uh as well, and then you know uh, you know one of these sharpshooters that'll be able to knock some uh, shots in. I just think the spacing on the floor is going to be different. Uh, I think it's going to be tough to be able to double team anyone on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think they're going to be really good shape. Now again. You've got, you got to continue to play good defense, which is something, again, they hung their hats on last year. We don't want to see a drop-off there, but I'm really interested to see, again, how this team is going to mesh. Yeah, one thing
7: I'm looking at at a broad perspective for an article, and what I've really come to realize is that this team has something that's rare. They both feel like they're going to have the talent and the chemistry from the very start, right, from game one. And that's something you can't say about just about any other team in franchise history for me, for whenever I've been watching this team. So I think this, this bodes well. This bodes where, you know, things bo- uh, fall right. Injuries don't really mount up. But this team could be looking at 50 wins, right? That's maybe a number you could circle. Mm-hmm. At least you've got to think maybe 45. But you're right, Eric, that talent is there. If they can build off what they accomplished last year, you've got to think they will. They've got that great coaching staff that's going to put them – in tune, prepared, focused for every game. We learned about the scattering reports they produced last year. And Brandon Ingram taking that huge step to where his play really impacted winning to where by the end of the playoffs, he looked like a star. So I don't care what people in national media, some of them haven't even included him in the top 40. I think he's a top 20 player. And if Zion just gets back to being who he was, well, he's automatically almost a top 20 player just on offense alone, right? How unstoppable he is. And you add, like you have said, C.J. McCollum, Uh, some of the shooting that you think is going to improve, like guys like Trey Murphy,
6: and then the defense.
7: is just going to come from effort because they've got the effort guys, Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones. Mm -hmm. So you just feel comfortable in just about a lot of facets that in prior years there's been so many question marks, right, in a lot of those areas before. Yeah, I agree.
0: All right, if there's something this team needs on paper, what is it, position-wise?
1: Yeah,
7: for
0: me. are, 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 Are they set, if you feel like they're set? Well, I don't
7: think they need to go out and make a move, right? In past years, we've mm-hmm. talked about there being a lack of depth at certain positions. I right. think they're fine with what they have. I just worry about a couple areas, right? The three-point shooting. Can they sustain where they go several weeks where it seems like they can only make five of 20 uh, on a given night? And the, the, uh, the center position. If Jackson Hayes, you know, all of a sudden gets maybe, you know, a little dismayed by his lack of playing time because you've got to think right. it's coming. Right? His best position is at the fourth. That's where Zion plays. And there's a lot okay. of guys on his team that can play at that position. If he gets dismayed, who's going to be that rim runner that the Pelicans can rely on? Because Valanciunas doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, neither does Hernan Gomez. That's not Nance's really in his wheelhouse either. So I just worry about maybe not having the guy that can open up you know, easy lanes in pick and rolls when you run with that center like a haze. But yes. other than that, I think they're
0: fine. Yeah. All right, put 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 it. Can we put it the, uh, the the uh, Kevin Durant for Brandon Ingram uh, uh, trade rumors to rest?
7: Yeah, I've been saying it for months. <laughs> when when I first heard it, you know, I heard the Pelicans had interest. Right? Who wouldn't have interest mm-hmm. in Kevin Durant? But then I learned, you know, after hearing after a few days when it initially popped up, Brandon Ingram wasn't on the table. So then the question was, would Zion Williamson sign his contract with the Pelicans, which therefore would mean. If he did sign it, then all of a sudden he can't be traded for the next six months, and therefore he's essentially out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. So once we got past that date, then I just knew that the Pelicans were going to give up one of their two young studs, right, for Kevin Durant. So while I'm sure the Pelicans still have some interest in him, I don't think the Nets are going to buy a package of whatever leftovers that the Pelicans would put together to make the salary work and then a bunch of draft picks. Nets aren't interested in draft picks. Those that follow the NBA should know that. They want to win because they don't own their own picks. Houston does. They want to keep winning, and they want to add good talent. So that's why I think New Orleans, if you keep hearing their name, they're just being used as basically to drive up the price, right, to keep that price high for the Brooklyn Nets or, you know, whatever agents are playing out there because the Pelicans have great pieces to make the trade work, but they're not going to do it. They're not shipping out Ingram. They can't do Williamson, and that pretty much, I think, eliminates them from the discussion. Yeah.
0: And the Devontae Graham trade, is that still on the back burner here?
7: Yeah, I don't think they're pushing it, though, Eric, from what I've been hearing. I thought if anything would have happened, it would have maybe been the first couple of weeks of free agency. Now I think everybody's got the mindset. And remember, we saw Devontae in Las Vegas. He made a trip out there, especially to be with the team. So I don't think it's in the books for him to be traded now. I think if anything, you get him back out there in the court, see what he can do, right? Can he provide that spacing alongside Zion Williamson? And at worst, you're going to try and build up his trade value because right now he doesn't have any at all.
0: Mm-hmm. And look, he was brought in to play with Zion. We talked about it last time, right? I mean, let's mm-hmm. give the kid a chance to be able to have the opportunity to play with Zion with that type of spacing, uh, with maybe not the pressure they had on last year, and uh, let's see how he performs.
7: Exactly. I couldn't disagree with that because, look, devonte that's what he is. He's more of a secondary scorer, but he really needs that space to operate because he's a smaller guy. And you know the athletes of today's league, right? You watch it every night, those that watch basketball. Yes. It's hard to get a shot up when you're six foot one, right? Pushing six foot one, I should say, and you're not a leaper. So Devontae Graham now all of a sudden is going to get a lot more spacing, um, playing alongside whether it's Dion or B.I. out there, and then, and then probably another score, right? So he's going to be basically the third option. That's something he wasn't in position for at least the first three or four months last year.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for your time. Let the folks know about what's coming up for us on the bird rights and how folks can follow you on social media.
7: Absolutely, thanks, Eric. I'm going to be throwing up an article on Brandon Ingram here real soon. I've gone a deep dive onto him and why we should really like him and why he's just not getting the respect that I honestly think he deserves around the league. And after that, got an interesting piece where I look at the culture. I think the Pelicans last season only survived and made it to play in game because that chemistry was there, because these guys genuinely liked each other. So I want to go into that. I've been reading some books by other authors that have delved into that article, why teams can maintain uh, through such bad play, right, where they can turn it around from such poor starts. I think that's a big reason why. So, yeah, good couple articles coming up for you about in the next week.
0: And, of course, on social media?
7: Yeah, you can follow us along over at SB Nation. It's all one word, www.thebirdrights.com. And on Twitter, just follow us along under the same name and on Facebook. Or you can follow me at my full name, Ollie Cosell.
0: Always appreciate the time, Ollie. Thanks so much. Yep, take care. And have a good weekend. You too, bud. Thanks again. That's Ali Gassel. Oh, what a great job he does for the bird rights. He uh, calls it like it is. And of course, just again, great, great basketball knowledge as well. We appreciate him being a part of our program. Hey, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating when it comes to generator sales and service. You know it's their business. It is, man. I'm telling you. They are knocking it out of the park. The reason why is they make it easy for you. Look, we got enough hassles and stress in our lives, everyday lives, to have to deal with, again, now, okay, we're going to get a generator put in. How are we going to do that? We've got to deal with all the permits, got to deal with all, you know, no, 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 they make it easy. Jason Burkhardt will come out to your home or your business, sit down with your consultation, find out what you're looking for in terms of generator, because, again, there are many choices in terms of the generator you're going to utilize for your home or your business. Uh, once you guys come up with, a, with a, an agreement, I'll uh, put you on the, uh, on the calendar for a single day install, style, and then Burkhardt handles everything. Planning, permits, inspections. Uh, they got a dedicated general te- generator team that handles the whole process for you. You don't do anything but, again, just kind of wait it out. You don't have to meet the inspectors. Burkhart meets the inspectors for you. Uh, you can finance that over time, the generator over time, with no, low monthly pay, payments, remember? A new install quality check out the one month. It's something they do for everything they install for you. It's part of their customer service uh, 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 regiment. They they make sure that you know how to operate the system. Because, look, sometimes you get in with these new systems and you're like, oh, how do I do this, okay? Uh, look, they're there for you to give you a tutorial to walk you through it. And then when it comes to your generator, if it ever breaks down, it doesn't matter whether you purchased it for Burkhardt or not. 24-7, 365 emergency service with a warehouse full of uh, stock with all the parts you need for your generator. They just make it so easy and simple for you. Uh, generator sales and service, you got to go to Burkhardt. It's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Generator sales and service, acpromise.com, acpromise.com
4: this report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Fall into autumn hiring with Indeed. Their all-in-one solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Sponsor a job and immediately get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash
1: credit.
3: 10 Westbound, your delays are heavy from North Claiborne to Canal and delays pick back up on 10 Westbound from city park to clearview 10 eastbound delays are steady from williams to the airport and delays pick back up on 10 eastbound from orleans to the high rise if you're traveling on the 610 on the westbound side delays are solid right at canal boulevard and also, delays are solid on the eastbound side from Elysian Fields to the 10610 merge. Also, look out for delays if you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City connection from Stump Boulevard to the Camp Street exit. Also, look out for delays that are solid if you're traveling westbound along the Trade Expressway from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. In the meantime, look out for uh, accidents on your surface streets Elysian Fields at St. Claude, also South Carrollton at South Claiborne, and South Galvez at Tulane. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center.
0: Eric Asher from my friends over at Southern Tire, family-owned and operated since 1972, your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. Folks, they offer you the largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area, bar none. Something for everyone's budget, no matter what you drive. And of course, you can also check, you can check out those tires at southerntire.com and order them on their website. Uh, Southern Tire, again, uh, wheels and tires up to 30 inches and finances is available. Also, keep that vehicle on the road. How about ASC certified technicians? The same diagnostic. You get the dealership without the dealership sticker shock prices. It's Southern Tire. Uh, Hickory and Airline in Metairie open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3. 504 737 1558 is the phone number. I'll go to SouthernTire.com and check out all the service they provide for their customers. Owned by the Piazza family since 1972. And I said it over and over again there's no way you stay in the automotive industry in this town if you're not taking care of your customers. The Piazza family will take care of you. It's Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline in Metairie. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. What a great family of restaurants they are. Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, and of course, Mambo's. The newest addition to the Oceana Family of Restaurants, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors, what I'm telling you, the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. First floor, uh, beautiful picture windows overlooking Bourbon Street. You can do a little people watching while you're enjoying a cocktail, again, part of the uh, the great Cajun Creole cuisine that they have on their menu. Hey, that's not for you. How about go ahead to the back of the restaurant? There's a beautiful uh, French Quarter courtyard, beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Uh, get on the elevator, head to the second floor as the, as the, uh, the doors open. There's a beautiful bar there as well. Uh, and, of course, uh, you've got uh, a Bourbon Street balcony in which you can dine on. Uh, go out there and, again, have some cocktails on as well. Well, and, of course, an entire restaurant on the second floor to be able to, again, sit there and, and, and enjoy enjoy your time at Mambo's. Hey, head to the third floor. It's Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. I'm telling you, you've never seen the sight lines of the French Quarter of the city like you'll see at Mambo's. Uh, fantastic cocktails made by, again, some of New Orleans' greatest mixologists, a menu that has something for everyone. Uh, Mambo's is a perfect night out for, again, with night out with friends, family, maybe, again, romantic getaway, maybe your next event as well. Um, uh, of course, they're open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. You can find out more at MamboNola.com. And when you finish up, man, head right next door uh, to the Hideout Bar You know, in a 300-year-old building with a beautiful courtyard. They've got food for you, also great cocktails, and they've got live music every single night. You can make it literally a night at Mambo's and the Hideout Bar. Why don't you do that? Again, Mambo's and the Hideout Bar open seven days a week for you. Get out there and enjoy a cocktail and a meal at, the, at Mambo's and the Hideout Bar, part of Oceana's family of restaurants. I'm telling you, folks, Mambo's is beautiful. You got to check it out. You'll walk in and you will be amazed about how beautiful it is. And it goes, the food is fantastic. The cocktails are great. Get out there and, again, enjoy a great, a great time over at Mambo's in the Hideout Bar. All right. Thanks to Ali Gassel for joining us on the program. Uh, talking some Pels. Uh, my good friend Ross Jackson. Now, wait a minute. Let me throw the Locked on Saints podcast, Saints Wire. Uh, also part, part of Crestity Sports. I don't know when the guy sleeps, but again, he's been uh, in Green Bay for the last couple of days. He's not missed a practice during this entire training camp. And we're so happy to have him as part of our program. Uh, Ross Jackson joins us on the show now. Ross, how are
5: you, bud? Hey, buddy, doing great, doing great. Uh, back in uh, New Orleans today, but boy, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed that Green Bay, Wisconsin summer weather. Uh, over <laughs> I the you practices. That was That was a nice little respite right there.
0: Now look, you, you look. Anybody that loves football like we love football, it had to be incredible to be in Green Bay, uh, in, in in Lambeau Field, the shadow of what Ray Nitschke Field. What is it, Don Hudson's um, mm-hmm. uh, indoor practice facility? Talk a little bit about just that vibe.
5: It, it's an incredible feeling. I mean, you know, like you mentioned, just this idea of being able to stand on the sideline and really on the field of one of the most historic if not the most historic sports venues in our country right in lambeau field and all the incredible things that have happened there you know looking and imagining where lambeau leaps happened and all that and then you see right. you know title town right across the street the don hudson center with the two practice facilities the two outdoor practice fields with the indoor practice facility as well it's an incredible um you know campus that they have there and uh, you know and and the town Green Bay itself is just a remarkable very alive small city reminds me a lot of the the sort of fervor of, of a New Orleans obviously the cultures are very different but the fervor and the 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 excitement is, um, is is very much the same and so I really love the personality of that area sort of blend that along with just understanding the magnitude of the history that you're standing amongst and that you're walking through and that you're walking by at every corner. That's a pretty remarkable feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was jealous. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> um, I got some friends that, that again, were, were born and raised uh, in, in Wisconsin. Just good people, man. I mean, just really yeah. good people. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, hard, it's, it's hard to pull against them, okay, because, again, they're, they're such great people. But um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm glad you got an opportunity to experience that. That's, that's incredible. It's kind of like when I got a chance to go to the Hall of Fame for Ricky Jackson induction. You know, when you mm-hmm. walk around Canton and, 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 and of course, the, the Hall of Fame and now Tom Benson Field, it's like, again, after watching that since you were a little kid, it's like you're, you're in total amazement, okay? And I'm sure it was a lot like that for you, um, being uh, being a, an opportunity to be up there. and Like you said, probably the most historic stadium in, in all sports, no doubt about it.
5: Yeah, really incredible.
0: Let's jump into it. Um, I first want to ask you uh, your thoughts on, again, Who won the days, the two days of practice, again, at the end of the day, who you think was on top, and what side of the ball you thought, again, uh, excelled?
5: Yeah, I think it really comes down to the side of the ball uh, on on this one more than it is one team over the other, because it really was these two teams' defenses dominated, really, um, and, and performed extremely well, let me say, in both days. They dominated the first day of joint practices each defensive side for certain the second day you saw a couple more big plays downfield you know stars guys like you know romeo dobbs who's been a bit of a camp star for the green bay packers come up with some some great receptions and great moments um alan lazard you know their veteran sort of wide receiver one over there at this point uh you know had a huge play about 50 yards downfield from jordan love in two-minute drills so you know, and the Saints saw something similar over on their side. You saw Alvin Kamara making plays. You saw Lucas Kroll with a big catch, a couple of big catches, including fourth down conversion over the middle. Chris Olave with a touchdown. I mean, these these offenses are, are really fun to watch. And the thing that I love seeing from the New Orleans Saints is on the defensive side, you saw a defense that was able to stand up and do what it does, right? Play that New Orleans Saints defense, as Dennis Allen said. But also just the variety of playmakers and people that will impact Plays on a you know down by down basis. One play it's Marcus May. Another play it's Cam Jordan. Another play it's Tono Passanio. Then all of a sudden it's Chase Hansen, and then all of a sudden it's Malcolm Roach. And so it's just the variety of players from all three levels of this New Orleans Saints defense, and from you know first team, second team, down to the third team that are able to make these impact slash plays. And over on the offensive side, I think the thing that you like seeing is that look, even when the offense is struggling you have enough talent in terms of the skill positions, which is very different than the conversations we were having last year during 2021, to where if you need one or two plays to win you a game, you have the players that can make those plays in Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara and so on and so forth. So I just look at this New Orleans Saints team as one that has all the ingredients to be able to continue to battle adversity, as we've seen over the past few years. The one place where you kind of keep an eye on adversity right now, if you're a Saints fan, though, is the offensive line because that tackle position is the one that you know was heavily impacted over the course of these joint practices with injury.
0: How bad do we know is the injury with James Hurst? We know it's a foot injury. How bad? how significant?
5: It sounds like, and you know, this is from the the great reporting of my friend uh, of our friend Nick Underhill over at New Orleans Football. But you know, it sounds like early indications are that the injury isn't serious at this time obviously things can change as more information comes in and all that but it seems that the early indication is that it's not a severe or serious injury right now so that's good news for the New Orleans Saints I wouldn't be surprised to not see him play tomorrow night in the preseason game just so that they don't take any risk in worsening that injury if you ask me right now James Hurst that's your starting left tackle Going into 2022, in terms of what we've seen so far this offseason. and so with that being the case, I don't know that you rush him to get out on the field in a preseason game against the Packers. Um, instead, you know, you give Trevor Penning some more reps. You give Lewis Kidd, who has you know really battled through a lot of opportunity and and, and you know has been able to play very well and has caught the eye of of, of Dennis Allen. So you get to give those guys a little bit more reps instead, and I think that's that's good as you try to figure out where your depth is. There, while the roster seemed, you know makes a couple of, of, of switches and changes due to injury. Let
0: me give my friend Ross Jackson a, a pat on the back. Look, I I'm I'm i I have a lot going on uh, with running my business and of course run, run doing the show every day. I, I can't get out to camp. His camp reports have been incredible. Uh, again, uh, well, you go to, to his Twitter page, follow him. He's At least he's given us multiple reports, again, while he's either at camp here or, again, up in up in, uh, up in uh, Wisconsin. And it's been able, again, for me to be able to keep up what's going on. So, again, I would say, again, if you're out working, you can't get out to camp, you want to keep what's going on, check out Ross's uh, Locked on Saints podcast because he's given you, again, a full view of what's going on uh, during camp. With that said, your thoughts on Trevor Penning, how he has performed. He got thrown back in the wolves yesterday because of of the injuries. Uh, he's really suffered uh, he's really uh, again. Um, and if you want to say there's a, a shortcoming in his game it's dealing with the speed rushers but he's been a mm-hmm. mauler when, when it comes to again the run game. Talk a little bit about his, his overall um, uh, performance uh, in those practices and then go back to Houston if you would too.
5: Yeah absolutely. I'll, I'll actually start by going back to Houston because I want to highlight the play in the run game because I went back and I looked at some of the um, the game film, the coaches film, the All-22 all that good stuff Uh, from the Houston Texans game, and there are so many examples of Trevor Penning just being an absolute mauler road grader in the run game. He is 100% as advertised in that area of the game. The big thing that he's working on right now is getting his true pass sets down. You know, you mentioned the speed rushers. He does have a little bit of trouble with the speed rushers, uh, both to the outside, but particularly over on his inside shoulder. So if they're able to cut back inside between him and the guard, over on that right shoulder, if he's playing left tackle, that tends to give him a little bit of trouble, especially if these are guys that are coming standing up from the second level, for instance, blitzers. Or, um, you know, the thing that was really interesting to watch was with the Green Bay Packers is that they run a 3-4 defense. In other words, three down linemen and then four linebackers. And oftentimes they'll use those outside linebackers in any combination, both or one or the other, from the left or right, as pass rushers. And then that's how they get their, their, their four uh, pass rushers coming after the quarterback and so he had a lot of opportunity to get some work in against guys that are rushing from two-point stances right that aren't don't have their hands in the dirt that you know don't have to win the leverage battle they are already winning the leverage battle as they come screaming off the edge And so um, that's a big piece that you're looking to see Trevor Penning continue to work on I commend him greatly he actually left practice for a little while um, he and James Hurst ended up leaving practice yesterday uh, for you know within uh, you know a matter of Uh, Plays, You know, they were in the same series. Those two guys ended up having to walk off. And then Sage Doxeter got hurt. He's since been waived with an injury designation. He'll likely revert to IR unless he's uh, released with an injury uh, agreement. But, you know, as, as Sage Doxeter ran off the field, Trevor Pinning comes back out on the field, and he played the rest of the day at left tackle. So, I mean, the toughness is there, not just in terms of what he shows you in the run game, but the toughness is there and the resilience in terms of him staying on the field as well. Which is something that you know every Saints fan should be excited about when it comes to a guy that you're hoping is going to develop into your starting left tackle, one of the most premier positions in the game of football.
0: We know who the top two running backs are. There's a little bit of again, uh, they got what four guys vying for the third spot, maybe a fourth spot if they're going to, which I doubt. But depending on, on special teams, uh, mm-hmm. talk about Washington Jones, Zigbo, and
5: Smith, and in what order do you think you have them in right now? Yeah, I think um, Washington, Jones, that's, kind of the, that's pretty much it. I think that's the order that I would have them in right now. Uh, uh, Dwayne Washington talked about his confidence um, you know, being at an all-time high for him right now, and basically everything that we've seen from the guy, including the, the touchdown on the nine-yard screen that was well-executed by the offensive lineman in front of him, yes, but was also a drive that was well-orchestrated through, and I wouldn't even dare say on, the legs of Dwayne Washington. I mean, he was often... Touch the ball on that on those drives, and I know Andy Dalton was also five of five during that series. But having the run game, you know, uh, able to produce during that time certainly helps you have the time to be able to get the ball out of your hands for Andy Dalton. And so, uh, I think Dwayne Washington is somebody that definitely right now is still in that running back three conversation, and he's probably atop the conversation for me. And I think you know it's a part of that is that he's the incumbent, right? So you kind of always give that guy a little bit of an edge in the conversation. But I think he's continued to be right there. I think Tony Jones Jr. is showing you some, some nice moments as well. He had some nice moments during the preseason game, but had a couple of big runs in the uh, final day of joint practices that I think you know, helped him out. The Green Bay Packers, probably one weakness over on defense, was in the run game last year. We'll see how they've addressed it going into this year, or going into the preseason, but there should be an opportunity for these running backs, those two, including, of course, also uh, Divine Azigbo and Abram Smith. Abram Smith had a great day up until his fumble in the red zone, uh, really in the, the green zone almost, right, that five-yard line, the five-yard area. Um, you know, until that, he had a really nice day, and so I think that you know they're they're both, they're all going to get some opportunities here going up against Green Bay Packers to maybe try to either re-enter that conversation a little bit or or distance themselves a bit if you're if you're doing Washington. Now, Ben Washington was present present but didn't participate in practice on Wednesday, so we'll mm-hmm. see if maybe that was just a veteran rest day. Um, so something to just keep an eye out on going into Friday, but hopefully he's able to get out on the field number 24 and continue to build on the success that he had last weekend.
0: All right, right, linebacker's been a little bit of a revolving door on, in terms of the backups, trying to bring in, bring in somebody. They brought in John Bostick. You like Eric Wilson. You've talked about him before. Uh, um, Sewell really caught my eye in the Houston game. Talk about that backup linebacker position. We've got about two minutes.
5: Yeah, it's a really interesting spot, and I, I asked Dennis Allen about it a bit on Wednesday. Just, you know, bringing in Kiko Alonso, Chase Hansen, John Bosick, these are all veteran guys. Chase Hansen, I know, is a younger vet, but he has a lot of experience with this system in particular as well. So I kind of, you know, give that to him a little bit extra, but, you know, Eric Wilson coming in this off season. So uh, John Bosick is somebody that's one year removed from two back-to-back 100 plus yard tackling seasons with the Washington commanders. And so, you know, it's interesting to kind of see where it is that the saints lie right now when it comes to linebacker and, you know there are a couple of other guys that are a little bit unsung, e. Sewell, who you mentioned, but also of course Isaiah Prior's over there, Andrew Dowell's there too. So they have a pretty deep room in terms of the options that they have. I think that the biggest issue right now is how severe is this groin injury and how much longer is it going to be an issue for uh, Pete Werner. You know if you've been we've been covering football for a long time, Eric, we know that those mm-hmm. uh, that those groin injuries don't necessarily just go away; they don't just disappear. They sometimes linger, and so you know they're they're at a point now to where you're trying to figure out who's going to be the other guy, and when I talked to Dennis Allen about it, he mentioned DeMario Davis as a proven. Pete Werner is somebody that they really, really like and love what they saw from him last year and the way that he's developed this year, and he also mentioned the strides of Caden Ellis. Uh, those are the three guys that he named, and then basically after that, he's saying, we're trying to figure out what else we've got, so that's the way that they're looking at this linebacker spot, so I think you've got your three guys at the top, and now you're trying to find your three guys that are in the the depth spots, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the favor there goes towards the veteran players with NFL experience.
0: All right. I got a minute left. What are you looking for against screen Bay on Friday night?
5: I think um, one of the things that I'm going to be watching for uh, in, in, you know, along with some of the things that you, you know, you're looking for, right? Trevor Penning, how does he you know, rebound if he's out there? Um, uh, Chris Olave had probably his, one of his strongest days of practice so far on Wednesday. Can he continue to build on that? I so think you're looking for those big names, but for somebody I'm really looking forward to watching this weekend, hopefully we get to see him return some kicks or some punches. Uh, Weaver statewide receiver and return specialist, uh, uh, Rashid Shahid. R- Rashid mm-hmm. Shahid has been out with, you know, on, on the NFI list early on throughout camp, but has been working his way back. He got a lot of opportunities to field punts and kicks over the course of the joint practices. You don't see a lot of returns during practices. Not really a way to gauge that in non-contact right. situations. And so i will be very interested to see what he's able to bring as a special teams returner because, if there's anybody that's going to be able to force the Saints to keep a six-wide receiver or an additional wide receiver beyond what they did, it's going to be somebody that can contribute in special teams. In particular, Rashid Shahid is somebody that is very special when it comes to having the ball in his hand on those, uh, as a part of the return unit. I mean, he's a, He is a guy with an extensive resume of success there. So it'll be really interesting to see if maybe he can be that guy that you know, maybe surprises some people this weekend.
0: There you go. Tell us about the podcast. Tell us about, again, where folks can catch your writings and how they can follow you on social
5: media. Absolutely. So you can catch all the writing, of course, over at CrescentCitySports.com, as well as Saints Wire over at USA Today. The New Orleans, uh, the Locked On Saints podcast. You can find every Monday through Friday, and on Saturday, sometimes we're all over the place with it right now. We're trying to bring you as many episodes yeah. as you can. So you can find that wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube as well. And you can keep up with all of it over on Twitter at Ross Jackson N O L A.
0: Thank you, my friend. Appreciate a fantastic job from uh, from Green Bay. Look forward to our conversation next week.
5: Thanks so much. Looking forward to it. Stay safe. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you here soon. There you go. That's uh, Ross Jackson. Don't forget about
0: Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Come home tonight. AC's not working. Don't worry about it. Just remember Burkhardt, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. doesn't matter if you didn't purchase it from Burkhardt or what type of system you have. They're authorized to service it. Go with Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar. All are open seven days a week. All are open late. Uh, Oceana breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The rest, lunch and dinner. Get out there and enjoy a meal or a cocktail at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. We'll be right back. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Hi, Eric Asher here with my good friend Mike Della the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say, Eric? Hey, Mike, you know what my prescription medication, the TikTok Cafe, have in common? What's that? They cause drowsiness, dizziness, nausea, cramps, diarrhea, blurred vision, muscle aches, gas, heartburn, upset stomach, constipation, weight changes, decreased sex drive, impudence, dry mouth, ringing in the ears, depression. Oh, yeah, and suicidal thoughts. The TikTok Cafe, Cosway I-10 in Metro. Are you looking to add more ground clearance, or enjoying the terrains, or you want to improve the ride quality and hauling capacity of your car, truck, or SUV? Then Southern Tire has the answer. We are your lift and leveling kit experts. If you enjoy going off-road, Southern Tire has the lift kit for your vehicle. Our suspension lift kits will increase ground clearance and the performance of your vehicle. Hickory & Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Six, three. Were
2: you or your parents at or around Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987? If so, you need to hear this. It's been proven there was toxic drinking water. If you are diagnosed with cancer or another serious condition, it may be due to that exposure. Visit dudleydebosier.com for details. Serving those who serve us. That's the Dudley Debosier Difference. 444 4444. Stephen Debosier, New Orleans.
5: LA2213848
0: all right, folks, that's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to thank Gary Smith, Jordy Collada, Ali Gassell, Ross Jackson, Rudy back at Studio Producing. I want to thank you for listening to the program. Thanks so much. Certainly appreciate it. I also want to thank all the sponsors sponsor our program, including our friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, O'Donnell's Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, Hideout Bar, all open late, all open seven days a week. Get out there and enjoy a meal or a cocktail at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Thank you for listening. Coming up next, Life Resources Bottom Line Sports Hour. Michael Green and Ken Trahan keep it right here on 106.1 FM. My name is Eric Asher. Uh, check me out on TV at 6 on WLE, tomorrow at 4 o'clock on the radio. Until then, from the dog catch to the governor, that includes the mayor. They all got to go.